And I'm looking for you. But anyway, um, let me turn this on. Let's see here. Yes, I am getting older. I'm older today than I've ever been in my life. There we go. You are too. So anyway, even the, even if you're eight years old, you're young, older today than you've ever been in your life. Absolutely. So yes, I mean every time I turn around, brother brother Manning is getting older. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I so I quit turning around. Yeah. yeah. We're doing quick. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. But anyway, um, here's here's you know since I am in my seventies. <laughs> But early in my 70s. But anyway, um, I've been running into verses all, all through the Bible that has to do with old age and not just, you know, not just talking, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Um, Psalm chapter 92. I'll just read you one here real quick. It says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. There you go. It's a good promise. Yeah, that's a great one. I love that one. I've I've got some messages on old age because I'm becoming an expert at it. So um, I I really do. I've got about four or five messages on old age. And and Carter, I almost switched to one of those, but I'm going to stick with the original one. And uh, it's my son, grandson, Carter, not my son, my grandson, uh, one of my eight grandsons. We also have three granddaughters, but um, he's traveling with us. But yes, we, I mean, we all have to we all have to make adjustments because of everything that's going on out there uh, with the price of gas and everything. Um, my wife and I were headed towards Florida in March, which is our usual time uh, to go to Florida. Well, actually, we usually go there in February, but. I had to back it up a month to be in a King a National King James Bible Research Council meeting where I spoke with along with some other guys. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're pulling up big camper. Uh, the, the camper we had was 40 foot long and we're pulling it out there. And I was telling Brother Manning about it, Mrs. Manning, uh, about the while we're eating, how that um, on our way out there, my wife and I, you know, the price of diesel you, you, the further east you went the higher it was and we pulled that with a diesel pickup truck okay 7.3 diesel so i mean you know we're getting 12 miles a gallon which is good um but you know it's getting more and more expensive the further east we go so anyway so on the way out there we talked about it you know when we decided to sell the camper because um, we want to, we want to keep going in, in in the ministry and working and traveling and what have you. And um, so we talked about it, and I I took out a certain amount of money to get us to Florida. Um, I have not asked any of the churches for uh, travel expense money, um, and I've been doing this since 1995. Right. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, I was thinking as I was traveling out that way, I'm thinking I'm, I might have to start doing that. You know, I don't want to. Because, you know, if, if I'm having trouble financially to make it, I'm sure the churches are too. And so, so, but we did sell the camper just a few weeks ago. I was traveling out to Indiana and Illinois to some meetings out there, and my wife sold it while I was gone. 
<laughs> so, and that was, you know, that's fine. That was kind of the plan. It was okay. Let her take care of it. I don't want to fool with it. And, um, but also on the way to Florida, you know, I, I took a certain amount of money out of my savings for, for fuel to get us to Florida. When we got to the first church, I had no cash. It was all gone. Okay. That, that was a strange feeling. <laughs> of course, I've got a card and everything, but... Um, so anyway, but I, I, I knew that I had enough fuel to get me to the next church, and I did sell some books and whatever, and so that helped a little bit. So I decided what I, I was going to preach in six different churches, but one of them, there's no love offering, there's nothing. Okay, so I was there, on that, and that was the National King James Bible Research Council meeting that I'm preaching in. There's no money there. I go there on my own nickel, okay, it was in Orlando, Florida. So I decided, okay, I'm going to have to repay what I took out of savings. So the first two churches that I preached in, there were love offerings, and I took the whole check out of each church and put it back, okay? The next church, uh, the next two churches that gave us a love offering, I, it, I, now I have to save money to get back home to Texas. So now i got to have fuel money to get back home. So the first two churches money set aside to pay, repay what I took out of savings. The next two churches, I put that money aside in order to get back, in order to get home, okay? Finally, the last church, I'm, my wife and I were there for a week, and I helped them put some trim. They have a small mission house, and I helped them put trim all the way around. We were there for a week, so I helped him do that, and, um, and then preached on Wednesday night and on Sunday, and uh, they were very generous, and I so I finally made some money. On that trip okay and uh, we were going you know, almost three weeks total and uh, so what usually take took us six hundred dollars in diesel to get Florida and back took over eleven hundred dollars so you know so I've, I've made some decisions and, and uh, I am going to start flying more not only because of finances because but because I'm getting old and uh, I'm wearing out my trucks and, uh, you know, we've got to have transportation when we're home and everything. So anyway, so we're all making adjustments in this thing. Um, but I want, I want to try and encourage you this, more, this evening uh, with something from Romans chapter number 1, please. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter number 1 as I try to find my notes. And um, I folded the piece of paper, and it's around in there somewhere, okay? Um, yeah, but I, I do have those those uh, those messages on old age and what have you. So anyway, I'm still trying to find those notes. I folded that piece of paper. Now where did it go? Um, so anyway, you know you know you're old though when you are bending over to smooth out your socks and you realize you don't have any on. <laughs> that's that's when you realize that you you know you're old when you do stuff like that. Okay. Where is it? There it is. Okay. You know you're old when it takes you longer to rest than it did to get you tired. <laughs> and uh, so on and on and on with these old jokes. Uh, and, that, and that's all I have is old jokes. Okay. All my jokes are old. Now let me, let me, let, let me tell you about this. This is what's called a circuit rider Bible. Okay. And... Uh, you just fold the flap and then take the thing and wrap it up. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with this long thing while I'm preaching. 
um, you know, yeehaw, but anyway. Uh, but I, th this is from Church Bible Publishers. Oh, okay. Okay? Well, you probably know that our yes. church bought yes. Church Bible Publishers. Yes. It was in Michigan. Now it's in Longview, Texas. And so if you want a quality Bible, seriously, quality Bible, churchbiblepublishers.com. Okay, now this one was $125. Mm. Um, and, but I did get, earlier in the year, I got a brand new Thompson reference Bible. Uh, but if you want one of those, you got to get it quick because for some reason, uh, we're not going to be able to get the print anymore. But all we do at Longview is we put them together. Okay, we don't do the printing. The printing is already done when it gets there. But we put the cover on it and the ribbons and all that kind of thing. So if you want a good quality Bible, uh, that's where you can go. Romans chapter number one. That was the commercial for the night. And, uh, but Romans chapter number one is what I'm going to be looking at here. Um, but before I read the verses, uh, we all, as Christians, have, man have a mandate from God. And you all know this. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here at, at this church. Because uh, this is a soul-winning church, so you're getting the gospel out to your community, you're doing everything you can, you've got missionaries on the, on the wall here that you're supporting and what have you. And, uh, but we all, all, all Christians, every Christian has a, has a mandate from God. Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Right. Uh, Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, that verse, Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? So somebody, you know, they, they've asked me through the years, and I've been preaching now for, I'll start my 48th year of preaching next year. Next year is a big year for my wife and I. Next year, how are you? And uh, good, I just realized who that is. But anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Next year is a big year for my wife and I because uh, next year I will have been saved for 50 years. Amen. And next year is our 50th wedding anniversary. Amen. Good. If she doesn't kill me first. But anyway. Yeah. So, and you understand that totally, right? I could understand how she Yeah. Was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he, notice he hesitated on that. You know, he didn't want to answer that real quick. You know, but anyway. Um, so anyway, so, you know, Mark 16, 15 you know, people try to corner me. They say, well, where should I go? Well, it says go to all the world. You can't miss it. I think that includes Lancaster, Ohio. Right, exactly. Okay. Last I looked, Lancaster, Ohio is still part of all the world. It is. Yes, sir. Okay. When that was given, it was given over in Israel, which right. meant that this was a foreign mission field. Right. Okay. And so there's, there's some people that are, that are saying things like, well, you shouldn't support national pastors out there. That's crazy. Okay, you shouldn't support national pastors out there. Well, I kind of understand that a little bit and, and reasons why. But you stop and think about it, he's a national pastor. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And he should be supported. The Lord has ordained that they which preach the gospel should be supported of the gospel. That's God's plan. That's the way God wants it. Okay. And so, but I, I have, I have um, there's, there's some national, a national pastor in Uganda that I have uh, completely vetted. Uh, he's a very trustworthy man. And uh, this man, he, he, he sends me things all the time that, you know, they went into a certain village and they had, um, had 4,000 people show up 
to, to a village to watch the Jesus film. And over 2,000 people got saved that night. Wow. He, he's sending me stuff like that all the time. He's got pictures to verify it. And, and I've got another man who can verify it, you know, with, he's in Florida. And he, but he's constant. Now, that's a high number. Um, but he's had, you know, he's gone into village and, you know, maybe 60 people showed up and only 40 people got saved. So I'm going to go to Uganda. And I told him, I said, I want you to take me in one of those villages and I want you to show me how you do that Jesus film because you're doing a better job than I am. I want to learn from him, okay? And uh, he also wants to have a conference and everything. And so we're, we're getting in touch with about 40 or 50 national pastors there in Uganda. And uh, Brother Shoof is heading that kind of, that, set, that part of it up the trip. And, uh, but, you know, so there, there's no wrong place to go, going into all the world. It's good. Okay. Who do, who do we talk to? Everybody. Well, there's no wrong person to talk to. Right. There is no wrong person. But you say, but they look like they're saved. Well, what does that mean? Exactly. Does it mean because they have a short hair and they're wearing a suit or something, or, or you know, a lady, a business lady is dressed in a dress or, or, or whatever? Does that mean, you know, well, they must be saved, so I'm not going to talk to them. You don't know if they're saved until you talk to them. Right. And there's no harm in going up to somebody and they're already saved. Right. Exactly. And you try to talk to them. There's no harm in that. Okay. So there's no wrong place to go, and there's no wrong person to talk to, according to Mark chapter number 16. But you and I, what do we do? We pass people all the time. We pass them up. We just pass them up. We're busy. We're doing things. We're going someplace and all that. But there's no wrong place to go, and there's no wrong person to talk to. Now, there are hard places and hard people. Sure. Jesus, Jesus found that to be very true. Right. In Matthew thirteen fifty eight, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Right, exactly. So Jesus himself would go into an area and get people saved and help people, but he went back to this area, his own hometown area, and because of their unbelief, there wasn't much that he could do. Right. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Now, no matter how tough the area, we're still supposed to go. That's right. I'm going right. to Uganda. 71, almost 72 years old, but I'm going to Uganda and to Kenya. I was talking to the missionary today that I'm going to be working through, and I told him, I said, you know, when I get there in September, I will almost be 72 years old. And this is what he said. Oh. And I heard that little doubt in his voice, you know. You're coming here, and you're going to be almost 72 and this is what he said. Do you think, do you, think you can handle it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I travel all over the country now, and I do pretty good. I mean, you know, I could die tomorrow. I hope not, because if I do, I'll be speechless. It'll surprise me so much. But um, no matter how tough the area is, we're still supposed to go. No matter, what, no matter how tough the circumstances are, we're still supposed to go. No matter how unbelieving the people are, we're still supposed to go. No matter how hard the person is, we're still supposed to go. Moses did not allow Pharaoh's hardness to stop him. He still went to Pharaoh. Right. Jesus did not hesitate to do in a hard place what he did everywhere else. He still went. Paul still witnessed to Agrippa regardless of the outcome where he said, almost thou hast persuaded me to be a Christian. And so, you know, what, what have you got to lose? Right. Just go wherever and talk to whomever. Good. Yes, sir. And that, and if that includes getting on a plane and going over to Uganda, Africa, 
So be it. I really did. I debated this thing for about a month and a half. Should I go? I am 71. That is old to me. <laughs> and, and the Bible even verifies that. Because the Bible talks about there'll be three score, man shall have three score and ten. Well, that's 70. And then if by reason of strength you hit four score, right. which is 80, yet there's going to be labor and sorrow. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> I hit 70, but if, but if I make it to 80, it's because of strength. But you're going to be miserable doing it. Thank you very much. But notice it doesn't say anything in that verse about 90. That's even more encouraging. <laughs> he stops talking about at, at 80. Oh, that's just, I'm only eight and a half years away from that. <laughs> well, I guess heaven's not such a bad place to go to. Well, I'm not ready to go yet. They say that God will give you dying grace. I ain't got it. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm not ready to go. I got things I want to do. But Paul here in, in the book of Romans, I'm going to start reading at verse number 8. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. I told Carter... I said, you're going to hear some, some familiar things because I've preached from this section of verses in another message that he's heard in the past week traveling with us. But I said the, the, the beginning part will be familiar, but the last part won't, okay? So just hang in there. You can go to sleep for the first half, okay? And then wake up when I tell you to. But anyway, um, yeah, he almost tried to kill me today. He dropped his fork on the floor, and then he traded my fork with his fork. It was awesome. I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, wow, thank you. You're, you're not my favorite grandson anymore. But anyway. He was building your immune system. He's building my immune system for my trip to Uganda. There we go. That's, that's where we'll look at it. Because they don't have the cleanest utensils over there, if they have any at all. But anyway, I did learn how to, read, I did learn how to eat with my fingers in India. No, not doing it. But anyway... I'm going to buy my own. I'm going to buy my own forks and spoons and take them with me, in my back and my new backpack that I'm going to buy. Oh boy! Now anyway, uh, but here he is. He's talking to the Christians in Rome. He said, "Your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world." So people have already heard about the Christians in Rome, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that. And I'm going to get into it. It says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of the Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer. So he says this. He said, We've heard about your faith. He said, And God is my witness. God knows what I'm going to tell you is the truth. I've been praying for you since I've heard of you. I've been praying for you and making mention of you always in my prayers. And then he said, This is my request. Making requests, verse 10, If by any means now at at length I may have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. And that's how I feel about Uganda and Kenya. I've got a guy in Kenya who, a national pastor, he said, you need to come to Kenya. I want you to come to Kenya. Okay? And uh, he wants, I think he wants me to come to Kenya so I'll buy him a motorcycle. Because he showed me a picture of it already and how much it is. 
<laughs> but I'm not taking that much money with me. But anyway, but it's only $1,500 for a brand new one. That's amazing. And he could use it. Oh, yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. the roads there are horrible yeah, and yeah. trying to get to the villages and doing everything that he yeah. wants to do, it's difficult. So if I can raise that money, we'll see what we can do. Um, but he said, I, I, he said, I make requests that I, that I may now, blip, 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 I, if, if by any means now at length I may have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, and I do long to see these people in Uganda and Kenya. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. And that's our goal. We want to go there and help them spiritually and, and with scriptures and everything. Verse 12, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. We, all, we should be believing and teaching the same things. Right. Verse number 13, now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto. In other words, he couldn't make it. That I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Last year, I was supposed to go to Zambia. Last year, I was supposed to go back to Zimbabwe, and last year, I was supposed to go to Uganda. All three trips got canceled because of this COVID mess, okay? So please pray that this COVID mess goes away so we can get over there and do the things we've been wanting to do for the past year and a half. Man, I, I had tickets already paid for. Somebody else paid for them, and I had a voucher but that voucher ended in March. Never got to use the tickets. So, the um, Kuwaiti Airlines or whatever, they got all the money. But anyway, um, now, but I, 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 he said, I don't, you, I don't want you to be ignorant about this thing. I've oftentimes purposed to come unto you. I want to come to you. And so here's a phrase, verse number 14, very familiar phrase. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now, so he said, verse number 13, 14, I mean, I'm a debtor. This reveals his heart. This reveals his motivation. I'm a debtor. I have a whole message about I'm a debtor. And I read about instances in history where people were actually burned at the stake. Mm -hmm. If you've ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs, yes, you know, it's a tough book to read through all the way through. I've read a lot of the way through it and I just had to stop because it was just, it was depressing. All the, all the things that people before us had to go through. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll finish it someday. But this was his heart. This was his motivation. This was, he felt this was his duty and this was his responsibility. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. I, I, I'm, I'm a debtor. I, I owe this to those who have died before me. I owe this to Jesus who gave his life on the cross. I owe, I'm a debtor. This is something that I owe. This is something that I need to do because I, I owe this to you people. Now, there's another little phrase here that caught my attention. But before I look at that phrase, I want you to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. I'm going to start reading at verse 22. 2 Corinthians 11, 22. Uh, 
Okay, yeah, verse 22. It, Paul, Paul writes under inspiration. He's, he writes, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they, are they Israelites? So am I. Are they, are, they the, are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. He's answering some critics about him. Okay, this is what was happening here in this thing. And he said, so we asked those questions. He said, I'm a Hebrew. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm from Israel. I'm of the seed of Abraham. You know, we're the same there. Verse 23, are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. Listen to the things that Paul had to endure. He said, as soon as I find it, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off. So he kind of sounds like he's bragging. When he said, are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. I am more of a minister of Christ than what they are. How does he, how does he, how, what, what gives him the right to say that? Well, he begins explaining it. Look at it again. In labors, more abundant. In other words, he, he was in more, in more labors than they were. Okay. He was in stripes above measure. In other words, more than they were. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. So five times he was beaten, thirty-nine times, with a cat of nine tails or a whip of some sort. Five times. Five times thirty-nine is a whole lot of lashes for your body to have to endure. This was done five times, five separate different times, but that's what he endured. And, and then he goes on in verse number uh, 25. Thrice or three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned outside of Lystra. Remember the story? He was stoned outside of Lystra. What did he do when, it, when, when they stopped? They thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. What did he do? He got up and walked right back into Lystra. Shows, shows some intestinal fortitude in that man. Because he went right back into town where the, where the people were that, that tried to stone him to death. So he was, he was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils by the, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. He said, I'm more of a minister than they are because these are the things that have happened to me more than what they had. Go with me to Philippians chapter number 4. I'm just going to throw this one in. Philippians chapter number 4, a, a totally misused verse, I think, is chapter 4, verse number 13, which says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I myself have used that for a long time, meaning completely something other than what it said, what the context of the verse is. Okay? So let's look at Philippians chapter number 4. And, uh, oh, let's see. The verse number, verse number 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, whereof you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. 
So he's beginning to talk to them about how they wanted to help him financially but were not able to for a while. But now they're finally able to do that. Are you with me with this? Okay. Look at verse number 10 again. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again wherein you're also careful but yet lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. Okay. For I am, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, when it says in whatsoever state I am, it's not talking about Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, Florida, or whatever. Okay. But I, I, I said, so he said, you, you, you wanted to take care of me, but you weren't able to. But now at the last, you've been able to. And, and I rejoice in God in that. Okay. But he said, there's something that I've learned. I've learned that whatever state I am in, therewith to be content. What is he talking about? Verse number 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. This is the state that he's talking about. And uh, both to abound and to suffer need I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Okay. So for a long time, Brother Manning, I used that verse to say, well, I can make it through college. That's not what it says. That's not at all what it's talking about. No. And so, you know, and, I, and I've heard other preachers use it similar, similarly, and, and it's just not correct. Paul is saying, you wanted to take care of me, but you couldn't, but now you're able to. He said, but even without that care, I've learned something. I've learned to be content. Now let me fill in the blank here using, using verse number 12. I've learned how to be content whether I'm abased right. or whether I abound. Right. I know how to be content everywhere in all things. I am instructed, I know how to be content when I'm full and when I'm hungry. I've learned how to be content when I abound and when I suffer need. I can do all those things right, exactly. through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So here's Paul. He's been beaten. He got on three ships and they sank. <laughs> and I think every time he walked down the dock, Whenever that ship owner saw him coming down the dock, they said, please don't get on my ship. Because <laughs> every time you get on one, it sinks. Yep. Okay, now that's manology. I can't prove that. Okay. But a night and a day in the deep, he had to tread water. Yep. A night and a day. Have you ever tried to tread water with nothing around you? No life preserver, no piece of wood, nothing? That's how we lost a lot of men and women yes. in war out in the oceans. Yes, sir. They had to tread water. They had to keep their head above the water and not swallow that salt water, not get, let it get up their nose and coughing and hacking, and pretty soon they, they can't do it anymore. They drown. But a night in the deep, a night in the day was in the deep, treading water, trying to stay alive. Can you imagine? I don't know how old Paul is in Romans chapter number one. 
But I think he's on the way to Rome. And he's not going on, the, on, the, on a pleasure cruise. He's been arrested. Right, exactly. Okay? And so here he is towards the end of his life then. And if I'm wrong on this, please correct me. But, because I haven't studied that part of it out, but I think that's what's happening here. But he said, you know, with all that he had gone through, what condition must his, must his body have been in? What condition must he have been in physically? Okay? I've never been beaten with rods. Well, except my mom and dad. <laughs> no, they didn't use a rod. They used their hand. They didn't use a switch. They didn't use a belt. They used their hand. Okay? On the... On the Alter, what is it? Posterior. Yeah, there we go. Um, I mean, I have been hit with sticks. Okay, somebody get mad at me and whack. You know, it stings. When I was a kid, I had a whip, and I would try to snap that thing, right? And every now and then, instead of snapping it, it would snap you, and you'd get a welt on your arm or your back or something, right? Have you, ever been, have you ever been hit by a whip? I mean, yeah, it stings, man. Paul got beaten with whips five times. And each time was with 39 stripes. What kind of scars did he have on his body? Jesus was beaten with the whip also. And in part, one of the Psalms, it says, I can look on my bones and, and tell them. They say that those men became so proficient at whipping people, especially if it had sharp objects tied in the end of it, when it would wrap, when they hit them on the back, it would wrap around and they would give it a jerk and it would just tear the flesh open. And there were times when people would get beaten like that and they could literally see their intestines and the inside of their body because of the beating. And the Bible says Jesus' visage was more marred more than any other man. So they hit him with a whip 39 times. Paul had that happen five times. His eyesight was bad. And here he is towards the end of his life. He's heading towards Rome, and he said, I'm a debtor, and I'm going to preach the gospel to you there at Rome also. Now, here's my message. That's all the introduction. I've got about five minutes, and I'll be done. If I can remember what I was going to say. <laughs> it'll, take, it'll take me five minutes to remember it. But look at verse, back to Romans chapter number 1, verse number 15. Here's, here's, the, here's the verse that got me, or here's the, here's the phrase that got me. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm older than I've ever been in my life. And, you know, uh -huh. It's funny. It's true. I have, I have a, ba a back situation, and I have had since a teenager. So I got out of the Navy after being in for five months and ten days because of my back as a teenager. Mm. You can imagine what it's like now. I mean, it's hurting now, right now. 
And when it starts hurting like this, it just, it just, I just run out of energy. I'm just, oh. but that's nothing compared to what Paul went through. Nothing at all. One of the reasons I ride a bike is because when I was in the hospital, Naval Hospital on Great Lakes Naval Station, back in 1969, they told me, they said, Mr. They said, uh, uh, Gary, uh, the seaman, man, they said that there's, there's two kinds of exercises for, with, for people with a back like yours that you should do. He said, but the first he said, let me tell you what never to do. Don't run. Don't jog. Don't, don't get in marathons, okay? Because that's where your bones, and this is what he did. He said, your bones do this. And you don't need that with your back. Second piece of advice he gave me, he said, never get, never get weight out front. Because if you get weight out front, it pulls your spine inwards. And you don't want that. He said, now the two best exercises for a person in your condition is number one, swimming. And number two, riding a bicycle. Because you're in that embryo position. Okay? And swimming, there's no, there's no, there's none of this going on, and then, so that's one reason I ride a bike because I can't afford a swimming pool. <laughs> so I did swim the other day with Carter, and about wore me out. But here's the phrase that I caught, verse number fifteen. So as much as in me is. I like that. So as much as in me is. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. <laughs> with all my scars, with, with, with all the things I've had to learn and, and, and to be content whether I'm full or whether I'm hungry, whether I'm abound or whether, whether I'm abased, the beatings, the scourgings, the night and a day in the deep, the, the shipwrecks that I've been in, the hit being hit with a rod, the care of all the churches. I'm going to Rome, and, and it's probably the last thing I'm going to do. But I'm telling you what, the last thing I'm going to do, I'm a debtor. And I'm, I'm going to preach the gospel to you there at Rome also. So as much, let me put in my own words, as much as I, as, as much as I have left in me, ready to preach the gospel to you that are from also. As much as in me is, I'm ready to go. So no matter where I am in life, I'm ready to go. No matter how much energy I have left, I'm ready to go. No matter what my abilities are or are not physically, I'm ready to go. No matter what my limitations are, I'm ready to go. It doesn't matter how old I am, I'm a debtor. It doesn't matter how qualified I am, I'm a debtor. It doesn't matter how I feel about it, I'm a debtor. It doesn't matter how educated I am, I'm a debtor. So as much as in me is, as much as in me is what's whatever I have left. Amen. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to go. This is my my declaration. Love it. As a 71 year old man. So, why in the world are people just giving up in church when they think they're old? That's a good, good question. 
I would love to retire. I can't afford it. I'm, we're debt free, but I cannot afford it. It's crazy. Thank you, Joe. Can't afford it. I'm sorry, Uncle Joe. And I don't talk politics or religion, but anyway. <laughs> so who are we dead or to? I would, I would love to retire, but I'm not going to. I have, I have an agreement with my wife. We remember one of the last time, no, the last time that I saw John R. Rice preach. I remember it. And it was not too long before he died. But there was also a time, and please, Dr. Rice, forgive me for telling this, but there was also a time when he was preaching that he soiled himself while preaching. If I ever get to that point, I'm done. I'm done. But I've been thinking about doing a podcast for over a year. I got some encouragement recently from a good friend of ours, son, who bought me a really good microphone. He paid for a professionally made logo. And I bought myself a new wood lathe so that when I'm not able to travel anymore, I can still study this book, come up with outlines, get on my podcast, and I can still be teaching people. And by the way, I've only had four episodes so far, and so far I'm in 11 different countries. Good. Good. I still want to stay busy for him. He went all the way to the cross for me. I can go all the way till the day I die for him. Who will join me? Who will join me? If Paul can go all the way through what he went through, if Jesus could go all the way through what he went through, then we ought to spend the rest of our lives, not in full-time service for him, not necessarily, but living for him. Right. And getting the gospel to people wherever we can go and however we can. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for loving us. And that is my declaration. That's my proclamation for the rest of my life. With whatever I have left, and I, I'm nobody special, and I don't have superpowers. I'm tired. I hurt. But you did so much for me. The least I can do is literally go until I can't go any more. And then figure out ways that I can still get the gospel out and still support missions and do all that we can while we have the opportunity. Lord, we know you're coming back soon. Because it's not conspiracy theorists that's talking about a one world government. It's the government talking about a one world government. 
it's not wacko fundamentalists that's talking about a one world financial system. It's the world talking about a one world financial system. We know we're getting close, but we don't have time to lay down and quit. We don't have time to retreat. There are people in Uganda, there are people in Lancaster, there are people in the towns all around here, out in the villages, out in the, out in the country, that do not know the Savior. Waiting for somebody, praying for somebody possibly to come and talk to them about it. So I pray, Father, that we will spend, all of us will just determine in our hearts to give you the rest of our lives. And thank you for the example that we see in Paul and the ultimate example we see in your son. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I ask you to stand together if you would. Won't you come with a song invitation. steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Men of Lighthouse, let's decide to lead this church in our following of Jesus Christ. Ladies, use all that God-given influence you have. Lord Jesus Christ. Young people, let your young days be fruitful for Him and blessed by Him. Tells us we're past middle. Which usually today we have. Amen, 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 amen. I like that as much as in me is. I like that. That may vary on you from time to time. It may vary on you from time to time. There's a little saying, brother. Carpenters heard me say it in conjunction with the work here and staff work and such. Some of you have heard it. It's meant by way of encouragement. Sometimes I'll tell people 100% is not always 100%. You don't always have all your reserves and your energy, but 100% is doing the best you can with what you have at that time. And so God accepts that, by the way, if I understand the scripture, right? Love it. Thank you for being here tonight. I appreciate it. Josh, it's good to see you, man. Pulled in, so you made me, made me smile. I'm glad to see you. Really am very much. Brother Keith, you're conducting choir practice, is that right? You're our choir leader, Brother Tim, got ill. They're going to drive back here tonight. And 
they uh, he got ill and don't want to share it with y'all, which is a blessing that he wouldn't do that. Brother Man, thank you so much. I will give you opportunity. The choir will make its way up here in just a little bit to practice. But if you know where we usually have you out here, yes, sir. It's not because we don't like you, but that gives everybody a chance to say how they take. You're heading that way. You're heading that way, yes, and uh, I love that. It'll send you out that direction. Let me pray with you before you will be dismissed. Father, thank you for your people. Good gathering on a midweek. We don't take it for granted. We thank you for it. Thank you for the Bible being open. Thank you for serving you, being pointed out that we can by your strength. I, th- I like that. I thank you for it. Thank you for loving us. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for coming tonight.